0: What's going on? The triple option in this week. Talking a little bit Purdue sports, a little bit Indians, and then of course, focusing a lot on the Pacers. Starting out with Purdue, just recapping. The Purdue women's golf team went to the NCAA tournament this past week and finished third, their 10th straight season with a top 10 finish. Impressive there. And Purdue track and field just got out of the Super Regionals, sending six different athletes in seven different events to Eugene, Oregon for the indoor and outdoor national track finals, championships, whatever you want to call it. And, Pops, I I want to ask you a question first because I think as sports fans, we have a bit of a bias a little bit towards bigger sports. And I don't think most people would know just how good Purdue University is on sports that aren't basketball, men's and women's, and football, football because the women's golf team has now finished 10 straight years with 10 top 10s, They've won a national champion. They've won. A run- they've gotten a runner up. They finished third this year. The volleyball team has been in the Sweet Sixteen. I think two straight years. They've con- they're consistently in the top twenty five. And I just want to, I guess, ask you a question from the standpoint of just your view of athletics in general. Does growing from the bottom kind of pressure the top to do it, or is it vice versa where money has started to come into the top more seen programs and it's working its way down?
1: Well, I think that the biggest thing is the money coming in for the Big Ten Network. And I think with the expansion of Maryland and Rutgers, it looks like that Purdue understands that they're going to have to put more money into football and basketball just because I think, you know, both the football is going to be more, should be more competitive, especially with Urban Meyer and Ohio State and bringing on Maryland and Rutgers. But the basketball should also. Maryland is always a good basketball program. Having said that, the lower-tier sports, that doesn't get a lot of recognition. Purdue usually is pretty good at women's volleyball. The golf program, both men and women's, is pretty good. The track and field is both men and women's is pretty good. Obviously, you know what Hodiah did with the swimming. They don't get the recognition that the top-tier sports do, but they go kind of unrecognized. But I think the true fans or the diehard fans are the one that follow them and appreciate them and you, you can hope that going forward that those sports the, the track and field the golf can get more recognition more publicity bring more attention to purdue and that might happen uh with the more what appears to be the emphasis and money going in on the football and the basketball programs
0: just a quick question following up you made a great point with the expansion we the Purdue just finished the Alexander Field, the new stadium for the baseball team, and then they announced that they're going to break ground on a new softball facility. With the expected generated extra revenue that the expansion is going to bring in, because Purdue's one of the like only schools that the athletic department is self-sustaining. Do you see that continuing as the you know they've upgraded? the bigger or the more recognized sports, as you put it, so they're working their way down. You might see a new track and field facility and a new golf place, so on, or just as examples.
1: Well, it's possible to track and field, but I think the Burke uh, golf facility is as good as there is in the area. But it, it that that's one of the things that was built maybe about the time that the expansion of ross Aid and before anything else. But I think uh, the point is that maybe Morgan Burke has realized that, you know, if you want to make money, that you actually have to spend money and you spend money in your big programs, and the money trickles all the way down. But with the the known revenue, you know, and the stream of what's coming from the Big Ten Network, there's more and more money revenue being pumped into Purdue's athletics. And instead of, you know, who knows if they were siphoning that money off and using it towards the new programs, but... Maybe now they're realizing we we need to put the money into back into the athletic programs. That whereby you're putting money in, you're going to get better. You're going to get draw more, draw, sell more uh, tickets, sell more paraphernalia, you know, get more attention, increase revenues for the university and, big, and the Big Ten. So it just makes money all the way around. All all one has to do is see how much money the Ohio State football program makes, and it's around ninety million a year, which is absurd. Not saying Purdue could get to that point, but it's a clear indication that if you're good enough, you can you can bring in a lot of money for your university, and it starts with football and then and, and men's basketball.
0: Tyler, I just want to get your take on this because you and I went to the the swimming and diving championships when Purdue hosted them, and we got to meet Bodiah. And so, I, pops, I think pops was right on the head. They are unheralded programs. Not many people, I think, would know that you know, the women's golf team has finished 10 straight years in the top 10. And I think you'd probably know about Budaya cause he was an Olympian. So that, that brings it out, but just stuff like that. And do you think that that, I mean, I guess I don't think the university sports compete with each other, but do you think that the, the lower tier or less recognizable programs having such success puts pressure? And maybe that's why we've seen Burke cave into, you know, renovating Rossade and renovating Mackey and giving painter his raises.
2: I think Purdue Athletics feels the pressure for everyone to work hard so that they can sustain themselves and make up for other teams not being able to, such as basketball being in the plus, golf being in the minus. It works out fine, which also works out if they do this, adding more sports. Like we've said, we'd like to see Purdue have the lacrosse team. Having the cross team makes sense because if they're in the plus, they can make up for a minus deficit in the cross. So maybe not... Purdue football and basketball feels the pressure. Everybody feels possibly to be kind of the brother and sister to each other to work not only for themselves, but for success for the other people. Because the golf team, let's say the golf team for the women's team, gets people to come see them, gets the money. Women's softball gets money from that. Everybody gets the same money.
0: That's a, that's a good point. Pops, what do you think about that? I was gonna Because I was going to ask both of you if the fact that Purdue is self-sustaining athletically i guess it could be a double edged sword because you'd want to show you want to be successful but if you were borrowing money from the school i think you want to show more immediate return so maybe that's why bigger programs get more invested but since it's the athletic department's own dime you kind of build an entire athletics department as opposed to just big sports well
1: it's possible because you know you cater to a lot of different students you got to realize Purdue's one of the largest has one of the largest in as populations of international students so i think the variety of students there is, is is wide so i think because of that you're going to offer a lot more sports and i think that could be a real reason why purdue you know excels at these other sports that are not as popular not as much of money makers as football and basketball because of you know they get good tennis players and good golfers good swimmers good track and field you know good softball good baseball in addition to you know what they have in football and basketball, but it it just it, it's very possible that this might end up being a, a unconventional way where it's a bottom up transformation of the program where most other ones that your big schools are top down where the money flows down and maybe that they're not necessarily bringing the money in, but they see the success that they have in, in swimming and who knows this thing might have really it might have started with Bodaya you know, and and realizing people know us now even more so and. Maybe we need to really take a second look at, at our, at our programs. I don't rule out the impact that Mitch Daniels comes over here and what he has. I, I think that he understands athletics as a revenue driver simply because he's governor of the state and he looks at revenues versus in, and payments going on. So I think that has to be taken into consideration. I think they're all factors, but whatever it is, I think it bodes well for Purdue sports in general.
2: Tyler, any response to that? Are you saying Mitch Daniels had a process or had a deserves credit for the sports semester? No, I think he's saying Mitch, Mitch Daniels' is presence. His presence this semester? Maybe it was a little too early. I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't, but I'm saying it's maybe a little too early. He's only been there for four months. I doubt he's done. These, everything was already prepared by that time they got there, and they didn't add okay, anything. But
1: they've known he's coming for eight months prior to that. I'm just saying that maybe this. This process started back then, and maybe Daniels was somehow privy to some of these meetings that nobody knew about, and he was involved in it. I mean, let's face it: Mitch Daniels is probably one of the more well-known presidents of a university, and I'm not saying he deserves anything, but clearly, I think he has influence, and his influence goes, goes all the way to Washington. And I think he likes to—he likes to—he likes to succeed. All I'm saying is, I wouldn't rule it out. I'm not saying that. Did I know anything? I'm just throwing it out. Who knows? But clearly, I think Badia and, and winning a gold medal has got to have an impact in making Purdue sports more of a brand name. And I think that might have been the turning point where Morgan Burke said, "You know, we really kind of got, got to think about this, and we need to, we we should be better."
0: I think it's a fair point. I mean, what bigger stage is there than the Olympics? I mean, of course, you you have some people go to the you have athletes go to the pros, the Major League Baseball, NBA, whatever. That's all well and good, but the Olympics, I think, are international and kind of the pinnacle.
1: Yes, had international eyes on him, and everybody knew he was from Purdue. And when he won that gold medal, I mean, that's just free publicity from Purdue. And as they say, any publicity is good publicity.
2: I don't know. I feel like all these reasons are more short-term thinking. What do you mean? I mean? Well, you you just said you just said golf. What the golf women's was how many years in top ten? Ten. Yeah, that wasn't. What well, it's not ten years in the future. It's ten years in the past. These teams have been doing it. I think that these it's the publicities for them finally. But I think well, no, the I, golf I like team, team saying, has
0: ten. But I mean, the volleyball team's been solid. But
2: but I solid think over before, the past. I feel like we're yeah, using but over the past two, two or three years have have been better. I well, yeah, but I think we're saying we're using two short term of reasons. You guys are using reasons from last summer till now, which is a very short-term period in that these things were already decided. Nothing new has really happened since And My
1: point – wait, wait. Um, I'm not saying the bottom tier programs have not been successful. My point is it's looking at are they affecting changes in basketball and football, or is there something else going on is what I'm saying. Okay. I would agree okay? that
2: they could the help. Foot- I just feel – I thought you were saying that they – that's the reason, like, they're getting this now. And I'm like, that's a future thing. That no, is no, a no, no. thing. no, 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 no,
1: no, no. The football program, I think, obviously, that has taken a drastic change because it looked like Purdue, once again, started out, you know, really well, and then all of a sudden they went down, and then Burke made his decision to get rid of Hope in October, but he just let him coach. I'm just saying maybe a lot of different factors could go into Morgan Burke's decision to say this is not good enough because, for once, he didn't go out and hire a cheap, former fuel assistant, he spent money on somebody. I have a he qu- spent money on an up-and-comer.
0: I have a question about that, Nick. Pops, you got me thinking. Do you think, and this is not, I'm not going to say solely because football is football is the largest brand of, of athletics at a college, but do you think the fact that Budaya won a gold, the golf team has had such success, the Purdue baseball team put together such a good season, and all those other sports have had such success over a long time, that that was maybe, maybe... Not the sole benefactor, but, like, the final kick to say, okay, this football team stuff's got to knock it off. We have to be better. I think that's the
1: point I'm trying to make is that there could be factors that we're not aware of. I mean, you know, the moment in last August when Budaya won the gold medal, it could have been one of those. It's, if you look at it, okay, it's an individual moment. The baseball team having their best season ever, that's an individual moment. You know, the the golf team winning national championships recently. That's an individual moment. But when you start taking a look at all those things and realizing, okay, we're good in this, we're good in this, we're good in this, we're good in this, good in this. but the top revenue-driving sport, football, we're literally a stock. Is that acceptable for this university? And the answer is no, clearly. I mean, I think each one's an isolated incident, but if you start looking at the whole and realizing, why is it from, like, women's basketball down... We seemingly are good in everything, but in when it comes to men's basketball too, but our football, which is the top revenue-generating sport, we're, we're a joke. I think it's very possible that all those things put together, let Warren and Burke say, we have got to be better than this.
0: Yeah, I think I think we're onto something there. All right, leaving West Lafayette, heading down Indy, we're going to talk a little bit about the Indians. Their week last week, they played. They finished up a series with the Pawtucket Red Sox, and then they played Buffalo. I'm drawing a blank on the mascot. Sabres? No. No, I think that's a hockey team. Anyway, Pawtucket, they, so they last week they had Wednesday off, and they in the seven-day stretch, they, they split for the week. They went three and three. They ended up splitting four games. Only three of them were this week with Pawtucket, and then they only had three of the four against Buffalo this week, and they won the first two and lost the last one. And the scores are kind of jumping out to me just from Sunday to Sunday to Saturday, you got loss of eleven three, win eight to four, loss nine to eight, win seven to three, win six to five, and loss two to one. And except for that last one, those are some pretty high scoring games for baseball. And the roster really hasn't changed a whole lot. Is Pops, is that just a slump, or is it something where like we, I talked about this a little bit and I think the weather has finally warmed up? The bats have warmed up a little bit or well,
1: it could be a combination of during the summer, ball travels further. I mean, that could be it. It could be that the pitching just had an off week. It's kind of hard to, to pitch as good as you have as the Indians have all season. You're going to have your ups and downs just because of the nature of being a long season. So, I mean, it's possible they just hit a bump on the road, you know, and, and we'll see going forward. I mean, you can't really draw any conclusions on one week you know the ball travels for home runs are hit more in may june july and august because of of the fact of things heating up so i mean and it just could be one of those weeks I mean, baseball's a long season there's as harry doyle likes to say in major league baseball's a funny game and, and so it's you know probably just one of those weeks
0: yeah i mean i i think that you would based on the way that they have performed throughout the season you would assume that it was mostly just an off week cuz the roster hasn't really changed It's just I, the scores is just something that jumped out to me because they've been winning close games for the most part, and then you see 9-8, to 11-3, so on and so forth. All right, so we're just touching on the Indians this week. We do, again, have a family four-pack of Indians tickets to give away. All you got to do is send a Facebook message to 95.7 The Rocket Facebook page and say, hey, I heard I could win Indians tickets on the Triple Option Podcast, and that automatically enters you, and it's a good week. They play Pawtucket again. They are home Monday through Thursday, and then they hit the road again. Make sure to enter for your chance to win some Indians tickets. Staying in Indianapolis, talking about the Pacers. We're big basketball fans. And mm, yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to be honest. Pops doesn't like ESPN or whatever. I watch ESPN because I'm up in the morning during when I'm at doing stuff. And the attitude that I got from most of the so-called experts after game one was that even though the Pacers kind of shot themselves in the foot, was that the heat came out rusty like they normally do and that the pacers were in trouble and then the pacers rebounded and those so-called experts didn't really have a whole lot to say am am i the only one who is thinking okay so the pacers kind of gave up gave gave away game one they won game two and now they're coming home i feel like the pacers are kind of in the driver's seat am i the only one thinking that
2: i'm exactly thinking that i i'm still I am still and I will take this, I am still on the road to take Spurs Pacers. And you will tell oh I'll tell her but well, come on, no one took that role, and I'm the only one, and I, I feel it. And like as soon as I watched game one, they're like, oh he won. He won. I was like, he won by one point in the overtime. Barely. On a last bad time, coaching decision, last too. I, last time I checked, the team who was the Dynasty Mentor team doesn't win their first conference championship game at home by one in overtime. Last time I checked, they win it meaningfully and don't lose game two. So, for what it's worth, I'm going to defend my honor
0: here. If, if I would have known that Russell Westbrook was going to get hurt, I probably would have taken the Spurs. I like the Spurs. I still took the Pacers. This, I'm just saying
2: the, the beautiful pick.
0: Pops, is that your attitude, too? Do you see the Pacers in the driver's seat, or are you a little more, I guess, reserved about it?
1: Tell Tyler to spike the football, I guess, since he was right on that one. He scored He scored a touchdown.
2: He <laughs> did. Um, did. score a touchdown on that one. And
1: then he's on the ground. He's on the ground floor, that one. So, you got. we're going to have to give him credit. I, I don't know if the driver's seat... But he, I'd like to see how they come out and play at home. I think they've been very impressive and clearly they're not intimidated and if anything out of ESPN is just makes me want to puke because they're just shameless self-promoters and who do they promote more than anybody else? The Heat. I mean it, it, the, all, the entire national media though, I listened to Reggie Miller's Thursday night kept yakking about or Friday night about kryptonite and you know the Pacers have it to stop LeBron James? I'm thinking. Are you serious? Uh, I think that they they have certainly have the Heat's attention and they they have the initiative going into Game Three. That I think that they're going to have to. I, I don't think they could afford to lose at home, um, but they're going to have to take this one game one game at a time. And you know, I listened to Frank Vogel talk about the, You talk about all the stats on on the, the first game, you know, the turnovers, and the, they didn't shoot free throws real well, and said that. And I quote, do we have to play a perfect game? No, they don't. They they do not have to play a, a perfect game to to beat the Heat. I think they didn't play a per ne- nearly perfect game. But Roy Hibbert, Mark West, and Paul George, their big three, are playing like big three. And George, this is his coming out party. But I also think it's Roy Hibbert's coming out party. And Mark West is also making a statement. Or, I mean, um, David. Mark David. David West is also, if he's not known, he's getting some publicity. Those are your big three, and then you've got you have a nice bench, just a very athletic team. They're a little bit young, and they make some mistakes. Lance Stevens can be dynamic at times, at other times he can drive you crazy. But this is not going to be an easy series, and I think the initiative is clearly in the Pacers' hands. Can they take this, what they have, and use it to their advantage going home through game three and four?
0: I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to pretend to segue, but you stole my thing because you and I talked earlier this week, and I said that everyone that was in Indy and around Indy knew about Paul George before this series. He won most improved player in the NBA this year, and he's been gradually improving and improving and improving. He got screwed out of the dunk contest. That's way long ago, but he got screwed. And this is for sure. He's coming out party. This is the difference between him showing that he's a very good player on a team that kind of plays grimy and dirty and ugly and not really getting the highlights that they deserve. To on a national stage showing I'm a, I'm the next superstar coming at, in the NBA and I I don't want to give Tyler credit because we'll never hear the end of it but Tyler oh. did say that he thought that Paul George would give LeBron problems and maybe LeBron has still gotten his points but he has struggled a little bit but the point I actually wanted to make is that if Paul George I don't think any of us were predicting Paul George to be this effective on offense and if you can make LeBron work both ways well then you're mm-hmm. doing your job
2: oh you'll never hear it. but I've officially on the train with Pops and conspiracy at the NBA with the Heat. Because, first of all, the fact that the Heat got, like, what, seven, five, five days of rest between this, this the uh, semifinals, the championship? How many days was it between those games? The last game was Sunday. I
1: think it was the Dwayne Wade break. Well, yeah, sure and it then
2: needs. it's a travesty that Dwayne Wade is not getting suspended for that elbow. He just gets the flagrant foul. I am... And I, and I have I have written articles where the NFL between that it was a fight between Corlin Finnegan and Andre Johnson a long time ago, but the NFL did not suspend them, and they said because the next week. Andre Johnson and the Texans were playing on Thursday Night Football on the NFL, and they wanted him in the game to make it more exciting. I am on. The NBA is doing something about this because it's just – there's two times where something – where you look at it like that's just too fishy, and it doesn't happen for anybody else. Come on. There was two Western Conference games in before the East even played. Hold on. Before, Pops, before you respond, I actually want to get your thoughts on Dwayne
0: Wade real fast. I've seen the clip of it, and it's just – I even tweeted, I don't know how to judge it because it's such an awkward motion. He, like, jumps and elbows all at one time. It's so weird. He was trying. But he knows Stevenson's there because he's clearly there. I want to get your opinion on the elbow because, for me, Dwayne Wade used to be one of my favorite players, like, five years ago. LeBron's gone down there, and Dwayne has turned into a dirtbag. I'm sorry he is a dirtbag, because I've watched him play the Bulls the past two seasons. I don't know if anybody else remembers. There's a play last year in a regular season game where he Rip Hamilton steals the ball from him. Dwayne Wade turns and shoves him. It was not a defensive play. He shoves him. He tackled Rondo two or three years ago. Dwayne Wade has become a scumbag. Pops, now you can rebuttal. I agree. I agree. I
1: mean, I, I listened again to the... The uh, basketball savant Reggie Miller, who said, "Well, he was just trying to brace himself when he jumped. No, he you don't put your elbow out when you're jumping over somebody and whack him in the forehead as you go by just because you know you're trying to brace yourself. That was intentful. I mean, the fa- and I think it's ludicrous that the NBA does not. He needs to be suspended, but they won't because obviously because they gave him the knee break. But I think that he'll get fined. But I think he's a dirty player, and I think he's he realizes he he can't do like he did four or five years ago." Now he wants to take cheap shots at people. One of these days, he's going to get his comeuppance. I think there's no doubt about it. that. That was, and it just it it galls me to listen to the supposed basketball color analyst who can't even call call out what what it is. I mean, it, it was a joke, and it just made me want to put the TV on mute because it's it, it's dirty.
0: That I mean, is- you don't
1: take your you don't take your elbow when you're jumping over somebody, and you know he all he had to do was maybe just lift his elbow so he can land on his feet and then whack somebody in for forehead. That that really should have been called a technical and probably thrown out of the game.
2: Just so you know, Pops, that day where he gets his comp that's in like a little bit over a week where the, the Pacers take the Eastern Conference Finals and go to the NBA Finals.
0: Pops, do you want to change your picks? I mean, not to waver on our thing, but you, you, I had him in six or seven. You had the Heat in six or seven. Tyler had the Pacers in six. Do you st- I mean, I obviously at this point in time, that's still possible. We're only talking about the first two games. Sure. But do you feel, you know, I think... Both you and I went in apprehensive because the Pacers are a younger team and you expect that the Heat's experience because they've been here the third straight year that they were going to be able to get it done. But it looks like the Pacers, between the Knicks and Heat, found a second gear. And I don't know if it's adrenaline because they were down in Miami. Pops I think is dead on. you got to see how they respond in Indy because now they're at home. But, I mean, how are you feeling about your pick going forward now?
1: I'm not changing it because it's my pick. But, you know, in as much as the Pacers have the initiative, there is going to be some pressure, too, because the, the home court advantage now rests for them. In order to fully take advantage of that, they nearly, they're going to have to win both games. And, and last year's same scenario, they won game three and lost game four, and after they lost game four, they were done. Have they reached that level to where, as the pressure ratchets up, the stage becomes bigger? More eyes get on you. Can the Pacers produce? And I don't know. I mean, so far, so good, but there's been plenty of teams that have been in these situations have a chance to grab some team around the net, around the throat, and just, they can't do it. And team, you know, Jordan was up against it a couple times against the Knicks, and they choked. Think about Charles Smith missing four layups against them in Game 5 of the 93 Finals. I don't know. I'm not changing my picks. I mean, it should be entertaining basketball. Who knows? I mean, I I still don't know who's going to win. I mean, all I can say is that the Heat still have LeBron James, who was produced last year, and so that, that is a plus. The Pacers are coming. This, uh, I said six or seven. I think this could be – I don't know where – I still don't know right now. I still think the Heat, because of their experience, is an edge. But the Pacers could, could make everyone, other than Tyler – uh, look like a liar and 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 knock them off. So I don't know. I'm not going to change my pick.
0: Before we leave this series, I want to ask a quick question just about the role players. Last year, in the finals specifically, because I believe you, I think not, maybe not every game, but you had no, uh, Mario Chalmers in the finals for the Heat last year, the actual finals, not the Easter Cup, but the actual finals. Hit a few threes. That Mike Miller last game, he had seven, so on and so forth. And one of the big things in this series has been how bad the role players have been. Chris Anderson's about the only one I think that's done anything successful, though he got dunked on, and it's a great video. Battier, I think, is 0 for 7. I think something like Battier, Norris Cole, and Ray Allen have combined for like 2 for 26, 2 for 16 or something like that. And I just want to ask you, Pops, is that, do you, because, you know, we talked about it, we we both I think we all agree LeBron James is pretty much unstoppable, but they've they've struggled. So is it the Pacers if have, have are doing the let's let LeBron do his thing and we're going to stop everybody else, or is it just the point where like Batty and Allen are too far like too long in the tooth?
1: I think that the Heat bench is is old, and I think the, the Pacers young bench is making them look old. And I think that the young usually the younger legs have a tendency to beat older legs. I mean the Spurs are probably the only team that right now to recent memory they kind of throw that argument out but generally speaking young legs beat older legs and I think the Pacers athleticism and the depth that they have in, in is making is making the heat bench look kind of you know uh, and I and I think these guys you know that's what you do I mean you go get veterans because you're so far over the cap you got to go get veterans on to play for the for the minimum that's fine but I mean you know, most of these guys probably could play 10 or 15 minutes, and when you're asked them to go more than that, uh, you got problems. And, I mean, the Bulls figured out with Nate Robinson when he had Ray Allen on him that, you know, I'm going to take him to the hole because he can't stop me. And I think the Pacers sell that. And I think, you know, the Spurs will recognize that, too. You know, outside of LeBron and Wade at times and maybe Anderson and, and Bosch at times, you can make a case this team does doesn't quite – is not as quite as good as that team from last year. It's just that LeBron is, is probably better than what he was last year. All
0: right. Well, you made a good segue. I don't want to spend a whole lot on this because we're focusing on Indy. But I think going into, obviously, Tyler picked the Spurs to win the whole thing. Yeah. But going into the the conference finals, I think we were all pretty confident about the Spurs. They've looked even better. And my I just asked both of you, barring a monumental collapse, it looks like the Spurs have pretty much punched their ticket into the finals. Does any team out of the East beat them?
2: Nope. Because they lose, They beat the Pacers.
0: Pops? I don't know.
1: I guess if you went
0: on experience
1: and how they're playing, you'd kind of say no, but people were thinking that last year, that, that nobody was going to beat the Spurs and they were the best team and they had knocked off Western Conference Finals. I don't know, but they, you know, clearly they're not messing around, and all indications are, unless one of the teams collapses, this P- Pacers heat, heat series going six or seven, and then they're gonna have the time to rest, which will help their older legs. But it looks like this this group realizes they're probably getting on one of their last runs to a championship. So whoever comes out of the East this is not gonna be an easy series against Spurs.
2: I wanna book it. If the Heat make the championships, there's gonna be at least like five days in the Eastern Conference and beginning of the <laughs> I'm gonna book that's gonna happen, trust me. And we're gonna look at it and they basically like, well scheduling and just you know rain really just kind of messed ours up and they will be like but the nba games the inside I'd be like weather is really just a concern it's just concerns are happening and we need dwayne wade to i mean no uh, no no we don't need dwayne wade that's what i'll say that's exactly there's gonna be like five days to deep making i think i'm i mean at this point it's
0: not really a book but i think you booked the spurs and i at this point i just i don't know i think that popovich I think that Pops Pops brings up a good point that they everyone thought that last year was their year because they were so experienced and so de- deep and talented and blah blah blah. But I think you see I think this year is their year because you see the talent and depth and experience they had last year with a chip on their shoulder this year because they are clearly not happy about the way things unfolded last year and I just think they I think Duncan is motivated like he hasn't probably since in quite a while and Popovich is just ready to go. So I'm looking forward to the finals, even if it's Spurs Pacers and it's in one of those ugly defensive series. All right, wrapping it up for this week again. Remember, send 95.7 five seven the Rocket Facebook message. You can win some Indians tickets. We're gonna get out of here We're talking about Pacers Purdue and the Indians will be back next week. Hopefully to talk more Pacers because well, hopefully and not hopefully because then we won't hear
2: enough out of Tyler to, oh, I picked the Pacers, I picked the Pacers. But
1: tell them to tell him the spike the football one more
2: time. If the Pacers win the Eastern Conference Finals, you're going to be uh, you're going to be coming home to a large banner in the house, and it also underneath is going to say "Suck it," signed Tyler. You're
1: going to be even. In other words, you're going to be even more, even
2: more insufferable than you are now. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, because I called it. I called the upset of the year.
0: All right, so that's what you're I'm looking w- forward to on the next Triple Option podcast. Signing out. I'm Blair Gunther. Tyler Gunther. Harold Gunther. And we'll see you guys next time.